0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Boness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning and welcome to Riverview Church online this morning. This is actually message number five of our Church Redefined series. And we're not trying to come up with a new version of church, but rather to redefine, to rediscover what it could be or should be. What are its defining characteristics right here and now? And you can catch up with the previous four messages in our video section on Facebook or on our YouTube channel as well. And this message today is actually a part two within this series uh, following on from last week's message which was looking at Matthew 5 13 to 16 when Jesus is speaking to a gathering of people on a mountainside in northern Israel And last week, having looked at that reference to salt in those verses, I concluded that church is not meant to reflect or copy the culture or the society around us. We are meant to affect and flavour the culture around us uh, by being influencers in the society, reflecting the one who shines as the light of the world through our brokenness and our weaknesses. So that's where we're going to pick this up today. Bright and salty influence influencers light bearers flavor givers culture shapers so let's just before we dive into that refresh our memory of those verses that we read last week Matthew 5 13 to 16 it says you are the salt of the earth but if salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot As we get into this today, at the end of the first kind of lockdown period when people were first allowed back into our houses, uh, Kenny Bennett came over to help me uh, fit a security light on our back wall. And so we spent a bit of time installing that. I say we. It was all Kenny. I held screwdrivers and made coffee and things like that. But you know, the thing is, this security light is, is not perfect. In fact, far from. Not Kenny's fault. He's completely absolved from blame here. But it kind of does its own thing. It's kind of on and off all night. It doesn't matter whether there's anything in the garden or not. It only really illuminates in part. It, it casts long shadows all over the place. It doesn't light up until you're really close to it, so it doesn't sense that you're there. And I'm pretty sure that because it's on and off all night, it annoys the neighbours. And so I'm just tempted to turn it off at night now. And it's no substitute for daylight. In daylight, I can walk all the way through my garden and see where all the steps and hazards are. At night, with this security light, it hides a lot of those things. Now, Jesus says that you, we, are the light of the world. And I'm thinking, like, surely not. Surely Jesus is the light of the world. So you can't mean me, like me personally, because I know how I behave. I know how I mess up, even when nobody's watching. And I know how I fail a thousand times a day. I know what is in my heart, that only Jesus and I see Or you might be thinking, what about so-and-so? You might be looking at someone else thinking, well, their behaviour hardly is what we would describe as being light, let alone the light of the world. But we are the light of the world. How does that work? How so? With all of our mess, with all of our brokenness, our chips and our cracks, our hurts and our hang-ups, our failures and our fragility, our selfishness and our shame. Aren't we, at best, like that security light, kind of often doing our own thing, only able to illuminate in part, often casting long shadows of our behaviour and in confusion? And sometimes aren't we made to feel like we're kind of an annoyance, an unwelcome guest, an inconvenience to society around us? Sometimes don't we really want to not let our light shine? in our workplaces, or in our streets, or in our homes, just in case it offends someone else, in case it's unwanted. But listen, we must shine. We must. But how? How are we, the church and individually as living stones, how are we the light of the world? How does this work? Well, in order to see this, let's rewind and dig in for a minute here, because it's about the gospel, that that good news about Jesus' saviour. The gospel is meant to be about a perfect light of security to mankind. The gospel is about light because God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So strap in because I'm going to give you the gospel in a couple of minutes here. It starts like this, God created like Genesis 1 verse 2, let there be light. That's day one. This is before stars, before the sun, before the moon, and God commands light and it is glorious. It's glorious because he commands it and he is light. So it is his glory and God creates mankind then to live in this perfect, glorious light, to live in his company, to live in his presence. It is in this light that illuminates all shadows and this light has all knowledge of good and evil. But, you know, man wanted that power for themselves, the the knowledge for themselves. And so they took a bite, launching our self-centred, relentless pursuit and insatiable appetite for power and control and for reputation and adulation. We wanted the glory for ourselves. And this action, this selfishness set us on a course out of that garden of light and into the murky lands of shadows and danger beyond, fraught with darkness. Now, God doesn't want to leave it that way. He made us to walk in the light as he is in the light. So he assigns a people, small in number at first, but quickly growing to become a great nation. He assigns them to carry his light to the rest of the world, a blessing to the nations for those who are lost in darkness. And he asks them to do this by living in such a way as to be his representatives by fulfilling the law, by fulfilling the requirements of the law, which represents that perfection, which is God's light. But, you know, the same issue kept rising up. Rebellion and violence and pursuit of power and dominance. It crops up again and again in this nation. And it turns out that there is no one, not one person who is righteous, Man's heart is utterly corrupt and we are incapable of living up to the light, incapable of living in the light. And so because of this, God steps in himself. Clothing himself in the same flesh and blood as us. He steps into our shadowy, stricken arena. The the light of the world now fully and perfectly represented in one who is fully God and also fully man at the same time. And he fulfills everything that was required through the law On behalf of that nation, on behalf of all mankind, stepping down into darkness and overcoming it on our behalf, defeating our mortal enemies of sin and death. Hallelujah. And now because of this, he is able to put his light the light of the world, into us directly, into those who will confess that he is Lord and believe in hearts that God has raised him from the dead, living in that abiding trust upon his name. And so that is how Jesus can say, you are the light of the world. You know, the whole gospel can be summed up in six words. They were he is, we are. Uh, let me explain that. They were They were meant to be a light to the nations. They were called and chosen to bring the light of God to those living in dark places around them, to restore sight to the spiritually blind and to free those who are uh, in spiritual captivity. That the city on a hill that Jesus is referring to is Jerusalem. They would have all known that. This city of God that is supposed to shine as a light to the Gentiles and a light to the nations. Supposed to be obvious. Supposed to be beaming with radiance. Supposed to be welcoming. Supposed to be a light to draw all mankind. And never, never intended to be a clique location. And it's in this city that we find the temple which represents God's presence among the people for them, there with them, but open to all, for all the nations. And the first court in this temple was known as the court of the Gentiles. It was a place where all were welcome to come and meet with God in his presence. But the custodians of this temple had turned the temple into a place of exclusion and extortion. The house of prayer for all nations into a a den of thieves. So this light to the nations was meant to be through Israel through the law that they upheld but they could not. Now just be careful here. Israel in this picture doesn't simply bring into focus the failings of a nation or of a historical civilization. It actually brings into focus the whole of humanity. It serves as a lens to reveal the condition of our hearts the condition of all of us when left without God. But though the nation fails, though we fail painfully again and again, God is still faithful to his promise that he will take hold of their hands, take hold of our hands and keep them and make them a covenant for the people, through them a blessing for the nations. And that's because he is They were meant to be but they could not and so he came on their behalf because he is. He is the fulfilment of the promise and and through him we can know that not one of God's promises will ever fail. He is the perfect Hebrew that the culmination and fulfilment of the law so that people can be made righteous not through trying to observe things and be good but through faith in him and he is the great I am the same I am who led the nation out of captivity in Egypt into a wide open space of freedom he is the new temple that is destroyed but raised up again after three days And he is the light of the world, the fullness of God's deity, fully present in one who is at the same time fully God and fully man. So whatever follows and whoever follows him will not stumble around in darkness. Those who have lived in the dark have seen a great light. And that's us. And we are they were meant to be but they could not so he came on their behalf because he is and now in him we are We are the spiritual building, the new temple of his presence. We are the chosen people who once were not a people but are now a people. We are a royal and holy nation, a kingdom of priests. We are his body, his hands and his feet on this planet. We are his representatives on earth. We are church. It's you and it's me. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But as he ascended, he told us to go, go into the nations and make disciples throughout the world. Literally take the light of the gospel and light God's presence everywhere that you go and let it shine before men. We are the carriers of the light of the world. And now Matthew 5 verse 14 applies to us. You are the light of the world. They were, he is, we are. But just wait a minute. Because if we're the light of the world, I mean, with all of our mess, with all of our brokenness, with all of our hurts and our hang-ups, our failures and frailty, with all of our weaknesses, how does this work? How are we the light of the world? How are we a beacon of hope? We're broken vessels. We're chipped and we're cracked. But the light of God is clearly seen through all of those cracks, all of those chips, all of those jinks. In fact... The more that we are chipped and cracked, the more his light is actually revealed in us and from within us. So I want us to look at this together. It's going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll just look at verses 4 to 6, even, sorry, 6 to 7, even though the whole chapter's really talking about this. Verse 6 says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, you know, let there be light, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's uh, God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure, see the light is the treasure, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not From us. You see, if I'm good by my own merits, that's nothing. If I'm good by God's merit, that is revealing His glory. The the one who first said, Let there be light, has placed His light in us, in we who believe. You know, the jar is not the source of power, the jar is a weak container. It's there to show that the all surpassing power is from god and not from us it's his uh, origin he is the origin he is the source it is god you know the christian life is not about you trying to get it all together and do the job so that you can become a perfect example of what it means to be a christian it's about being willing for our cracks and our imperfections to draw attention to his total perfection which is at work within us you know if we had it all together we would look good and we could take credit for that and nobody would see beyond that if we overcome in our own strength that's commendable honestly but nobody will look past you to see Jesus You are the light of the world because you are the container of his light, his radiance, his power, which is absolute treasure. It's not about you. It's not about me. You know, we need to stop our constant attempts to look good, to to gain each other's approval, to prove that we're good Christians. We need to recognise that our weaknesses give room for the revealing of his glory and if he can be seen all the more through our weaknesses then let me be weak so that he may be proved strong okay so our weaknesses and our fragility reveals christ right Well, what about our sin What about our selfishness? What about our shame? These things that sometimes seem to linger, that we wrestle with, that we want to behave rightly, but we struggle so to do that. You know, God is perfect and I am so far from this, I often feel dirty. I often feel that I'm muddying the light as if taking the bulb and smearing it with tar to hide the light within. I'm often devastated by the thoughts of my heart that that I'm prone to wonder that I struggle with pressure. You know, if you want to know what the heart of a person really is, put them under pressure. Because under pressure you will see more of what the person really is. You know, when I'm squeezed, I often hate what I see being discharged from within. Can the light be revealed through us, even through all of that? Paul says although I want to do good evil is right there with me for in my inner being I delight in God's law but I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work in me this is the apostle Paul what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's your answer. I'm a wretched man. Who's going to save me from myself? It is God through Jesus Christ. Because of him, empowered by his spirit, I can walk with him in the light as he is in the light. And I am being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Who is the Spirit? It doesn't come from me being good every day, becoming a little bit better. It comes from him at work in me through the Holy Spirit. We are the light of the world with all of our mess, with all of our brokenness, with all of our chips and our cracks and our hurts and our hangups and our failure and our fragility, our selfishness and our shame. The mandate for you is to let the light shine Be honest, be truthful about where you are, because that lets the light shine. Well, how do we do that? Well, I'm coming into a kind of closing pattern here, but firstly, don't disconnect. You know, this bedside lamp that I've got, I've actually taken the shade off of it so that you can see the bulb. You know, we call this the light, like the big light up there as well. We call this the light, but you know, it's not the light. It's not light if it's switched off, if it's not connected to the source of power. It's only light when it is connected. Abide in me and I abide in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. You cannot shine the light of the world unless you are connected to the source of that light. We cannot reveal light unless we're connected to his light. Number two, don't hoard it. We're not meant to be solely blessed by his light in our lives, like for us to enjoy alone, like bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. It is meant to shine from us. We are meant to shine, to be the blessing. We're not to become an exclusive bunch. We're not to be a holy huddle. We're not to make it difficult for people who don't believe to come to see him. We're not meant to be a cloistered clique. His blessing is for his purposes. His purposes are for you to be a light to the world, to those walking in darkness, to those who are perishing, from whom the gospel is veiled because the God of this age, Satan, has blinded their minds so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. That is who you are meant to shine to. So we simply must not keep this to ourselves. We must not, absolutely not hoard the church within the walls of the building behind these closed doors. And number three, don't hide it. No one puts a lamp under a bowl. I mean, look, here's an example of a first century lamp. Here's a bowl. Nobody lights that and sticks that on top. Why? Because it plunges the room into darkness and the sole purpose of the lamp is nullified. It becomes purposeless. You know, a jar of clay without treasure inside is just the jar. It's an empty vessel, but we are not called to be empty vessels. There is no believer who is not called to be a light to their family, to their neighbours, to their colleagues, to their community. If we ignore that mandate, we ignore the will of God. And in doing so, we slowly suffocate our own spiritual life. Again, no one takes a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Why? Because it starves it of oxygen, it starves it of its life source, it snuffs out the flame. Our growth towards spiritual maturity is directly linked to mission. If we don't go, we won't grow. And it's as simple as that. Now, as I wrap up, perhaps that makes people uncomfortable. Uh, And and honestly, I feel uncomfortable in writing this. I feel uncomfortable even in speaking this. Now, Jesus says many uncomfortable things, but but he does so for our healing, for for moulding us into his image so that we may be the light of the world, that the hope of our community, you know, Jesus does not intend that we be fearful, but rather faithful, that we are filled with faith, that he is doing it in us as we walk with him, and that he will complete it in us as he has promised. I'm not going to finish the race because I've got the stamina, I'm going to finish it because he is at work in me. And there are times where you will shrink away from revealing this light. There are times, perhaps many on a daily basis even, where you and I will feel that we've let God down and we will shy away from shining. And and even though you might hide your lamp, even at the point where it feels that your flame is about to turn into that final sad little puff of smoke, even then, Even as you're sure that you've messed up too much to be a light carrier and that he will surely soon come and put you out. Let me tell you this loud and clear today. Even then, he has still got you. He is still holding you. He is still faithful to his promises. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. You know, Christianity is not about our ability to adhere to the rules. We've already failed that. We've already let him down in that. We've already done that and not succeeded. And that is why he had to come. That's why he came. It's actually about our adherence, not to uh, the ability to do the rules, but our adherence to Jesus. He it is the light within us that is to be seen through us. It is Him, it is His work. We, we are not light in and by ourselves, it is by His abiding life in us. We are the light of the world inasmuch as the light of the world dwells in us. Inasmuch as we radiate his presence in our lives, like naturally, and make him visible, even through those cracks and chips. Now we may feel that on our own we have little to bring, like little flames in a dark world, like this, like one match lit. But one match on its own, it doesn't illuminate much. But if you take several matches and light the whole thing, it illuminates the entire room. One match doesn't do much. One light doesn't do much. But we come together as church. That is why we are church together. We are not meant to reflect or copy the culture around us. We are meant to affect and flavour the culture around us by being influencers in our society, reflecting the one who shines as the light of the world even through our brokenness and our weaknesses. Bright and salty influencers, light bearers, flavour-givers, culture-shapers, we are church. We are one and we are united. And that is where we're going to conclude this series next week. Bless you. Amen.